everybody, this is Heather, and you're listening to Simply Healed with Heather Leonard. Today's episode is called, What Future Is Your Past Predicting? So guys, this should be interesting because the reason for today's episode is that there's a few things I've touched on in past episodes, but I really want to dig into about what we are expecting and how this predictability pattern could be shaping a future that we don't desire. Um, And there's ways to fix this. So I can't wait to get into it with you guys today. Here we go. Thanks for joining. So be forewarned, (laughs) my dog has eaten things that maybe don't agree with his stomach and and the sound effects today are guaranteed to be hilarious. So you can hear him snoring, snorting as per usual, but you're also going to hear some stomach noises, which (laughs) all you can do is laugh. I mean, here we go, guys. Like, this is where a great example of what today's topic is all about If you expect it to be a disaster, it will be a disaster. Why would you expect a disaster? Well, I mean our past, right? How do you decide whether something's gonna go right or not? You look back and you think, okay, the last time this happened, I had to edit a million things out, or the last time it happened, it was so intrusive that I had to keep apologizing for the sounds, or whatever kind of pops up. See, I can hear noises already. Um, But whatever pops up in your mind is now painting your future. So if you want to have it be not a big deal, set it up that way. Expect that. Um, You know, what we predict, we get. And so when it comes to things like this, learning to roll a little more is a big help. Because if I don't feel like even if it interrupted, it would be a big deal, then I'm not, it's not going to be, right? So I can't necessarily change the thing that I want to change, which is not having all those noises happen, but I can change how I respond to that, how it affects me and what I do moving forward because of it. You know, if I'm in a state of fear, well, guess what? There's going to be more happening around me to be afraid of. Um, If I start to get into a little panic about time, I'm going to run out of it. You know, these are the things that will come based on my emotional experience in the present. So it's your job not to, um, you know, jump ahead and try to like buffer all of these things from happening. It's simply your job to not react. It's your job to not let it be a thing. You know, I can know that that's a possibility and I can even make a statement at the start so you guys know what's going on if you hear it. And then I can laugh with it. Now that joyous experience that I'm carrying with me, that's going to relate to how this whole show turns out, right? If I keep it light, it's going to be light and fun. If I make it so serious and edited, it's going to be so serious and edited and probably critiqued for the growls and gurgles, right? It's not what I want, so that's not what I give it. And it's kind of almost that simple. Um, You know, there's, oh boy, so let's... Let's go into another facet of all this because that's one way in which. Now, I want to talk about when there's other things in your life going on that are tough, let's say, and how how can you like apply this principle to that? Because whatever it is that has gone on has painted your future expectation and expectation is what leads to your next future, right? So how can we delete, you know, control, delete all that? (laughs) It seems like an impossible task, but it's not um, because we're moving forward. And if you think of 
right here and now every time as your starting point, that helps immensely. Um, <laughs> if you let your past paint your now, then it's going to be a cycle that you're going to have to hop off at a certain point if you want different outcomes, right? Um, it's not surprising that patterns evolve for us. And I love talking about how our bodies play into all this because I've talked about it with cortisol. Um, remember I mentioned way, way back for those of you who've been listening from the start about, you know, the caveman times and the need for cortisol to keep us alive and safe with wild animals and, and the way that life was back then. It was a necessity that it was on all the time. And as we've evolved as humans, our need for that has lessened. But we haven't all caught up with our emotional, um, our, like, um, standard, I guess, being adjusted properly. So some of us will still allow a traffic light to cause the same internal reaction of a tiger. <laughs> you know, that same cortisol being emitted, and that is not what we want. Well, this isn't much different, right? So if you think about how we've evolved and how our bodies have been sort of set up, predictability is so key. It's because if we didn't have a way to like stick with the safe, normal, and I know I've touched on this topic as well. I'm just going to graze over it for those of you who are new. But, um, you know, if if our bodies know what's going to happen next, it can deal with it properly. It's a working, functioning system. And if it knows that this causes this and I can do this to adjust, and it's all about homeostasis or balance, guys. Our bodies are always trying to achieve balance. So once it gets into a pattern and it knows, oh, when this happens, she always gets stressed, then I have to admit this, then this happens. That's what it's looking for and waiting for. It's waiting for those triggers to do its thing. So change is tricky because our bodies love the normal. They love the predictable. They love the expected because it knows what to do with that. And so it senses change as a threat to all of that. And so when I'm working with people through grief or when I'm working with um, type 1 diabetes and trying to make improvements or anything, I mean, anything that's a challenge in my life, I have to remember that my body is going to first put up a little, uh, like a barricade. <laughs> you know, it's going to try to block me. It's going to try to stop me and get me back to normal and the normal that it likes, not necessarily the normal that I want to achieve, not the change that I desire, but the feeling of safety and its ability to know what to do. It doesn't have the awareness factor to know this change will be beneficial. It just knows change is scary and it wants to fight that. So my job is to find normalcy in it by continually coming up against it. And when it wants to go back to the old way, you have to consciously fight that. Fight the urge to get stressed over something that shouldn't be stressful. Um, I've even started with a strategy, so I'll give you guys this if in case it helps you. Leave something in your pocket. Um, I love a heart-shaped rock for me. I don't know why. But a penny, uh, um, a little note, whatever it is that works for you, um, a little cross or any kind of symbolic thing that reminds you every time you touch it throughout the day to check in. Like, where am I at? Um, oftentimes I lose track of my own emotional state and 
Um, I didn't even realize today because today was supposed to be my day. I'm doing some gratitude things where today was supposed to be a day where not once, not even once, would I allow myself to have any negative talk, any complaining, any any negative vibrations. And it was a tough one. And I'm not sure yet. I'm going to do this a few days in a row to figure out if this is a pattern for me that I go back to or if this is was just a you know, not great day for me. But either way, having that awareness, the rock in the pocket or the whatever it is, reminded me to check in and go, whoa, hey, I was just about to complain about that. I was just about to, you know, talk about something that had me stressed or I was, you know, my go-to when someone paid me a compliment was, you know, sort of a, like a neutral response. Like, it's funny how much time we spend in not great places unaware you know if you can be aware of it you can catch yourself and you can change it pretty easily I mean pretty easily but if you are unaware just going through the motions you'd be amazed if somebody was keeping tally all of the times that you either complained or had a negative thought or a worry or were just feeling meh versus all of the times that you had like a laugh a moment of happiness um, an inspirational thought of gratitude, like anything like that, I think you'd be surprised how much your scale is tipped in the way of meh or less. I mean, nobody wants to be meh or less. And so why would we spend the majority of our day there? Because that can only lead to more of a majority of that type of existence. That's mind-blowing if you let that just sink in for a second. If you are tipping the scale towards the just the middle of existing and or worse, having negative moments, gossiping, having critical self-talk, um, worrying about something. If more of your day is spent in that, then actually laughing, smiling, having good times, and being above the bar of meh, <laughs> then you are going to bring on more bad experience, period. Law of science. It is a scientific law, guys. This isn't like a flip of the coin, I might have a bad day. It's actual fact that if that is how you're being, that is what you're producing in your future. So, hmm, <laughs> having something like, you know, a rock is just a little example, but anything that, I mean, I, I've said before, some people set alarms to check in on where they're at through their day. That helps. But just a conscious awareness throughout a day of how much time am I spending there and why? Because that's what you really got to get to. Because for me, as I said before, my body wanted to err on the side of caution. It went back to the safe and familiar. I'm trying to push the boundaries of the tipping that scale the other way. But my body sees that as threat. Even positive things, it's seeing as a threat because it's not normal for me to be that positive that much of the day right now. So it's a little scary to my body and it wants to resist it. So as silly as it sounds, constantly checking in, constantly having something that can just bring you up a little bit, that can you know, change your mood, that can remind you to just be happy, be grateful for what you have, those check-ins throughout the day will lead to the majority being in the good, as long as you continuously do it. Um, you know, each hour, make sure you're at least checking in and, and being grateful for something. And, you know, 
I mean, even this podcast, I'm so grateful I can do this. This was a bucket list for me. This was something I had always said, oh, that'd be so cool to do. But it sounded like a lot of work. It sounded confusing. It sounded like I don't really have the tech skills to get myself there. And the equipment's probably expensive. And, you know, what if no one listens? And all these negative self-talk things that popped up. But, you know, maybe major loss has its pros from time to time. It definitely has its cons, but, you know, there's some positive aspects about it. And one of them is I no longer live on a bucket list. I don't bucket list anything. If it sounds good, I'm doing it. And so in that, I have found things like this podcast that have brought me joy. And it would have otherwise been sitting on a someday to do maybe shelf. And I'm going to tell you guys, if anything's sitting on those shelves for you, they're not happening. They're not happening because you're not making the action steps to start getting them done. So yeah, I've said this a time or two before, but I'm going to continue to say it to you. Start doing your stuff. What are you waiting for? You know? So I'm watching people around me all the time lately who are so inspiring and chasing their dreams. And those are the people you need to surround yourself with. Because let's not forget, this was a way back episode for those of you who've been with me since the start, but you are most like the three people closest to you who you spend the most of your time with. That's a thing. So if you're surrounding yourself with a lot of negative talkers, complainers, you know, I mean, some people just connect on that level, you know, that griping with a friend or whatever, that's how they connect. And those people will bring you to their level, unfortunately. You can attempt to bring people up to yours, but if you find that they're always the one bringing you back down, it's time to surround yourself with different people, um, at least the majority of your time. So, you know, looking at the three people closest to me, my kids are unavoidable. They will always be the two, the, you know, two of them closest to me. So I have to be very careful with my parenting because guess what? I'm raising them. So the way they are is a reflection of who I am. And so if I start noticing one of my kids being real negative, a big complainer, I, it's my job as mom not to find a new circle. <laughs> I'm not dropping my kids off at the local, you know, shelter. I am, it's my job to mold them to get their brains thinking differently, to get them into a positive state of mind, to get them to see possibility and adventure and fun and to keep reminding them how blessed we are. And that's my job. So sometimes, guys, if you have live-in family members um, and things like that, husband, wife, you need to remember that those people are your responsibility to rise up, you know, not to walk away from. I think we can have that influence over others in a beautiful way. However, my advice is that if it is just friends that you've chosen, you know, people that you've chosen to be around who are in your top three people that you spend the most time with, and it seems like there's an overwhelming amount of negative stuff coming. Uh, yeah, like there are always other people. I mean, and put it this way. Okay, so you don't have to like cut off your best friend because she's always got a complaint. One, you could tell her I'm really trying to avoid this right now. So I got to stay in a positive mindset. So I'm going to try to avoid the griping. Let's see if we can do it together. Make a challenge or make it fun. Um, but the other thing you can do is flood your own experience with someone else. 
So some of you might be like, but I'm not going out and making new friends. I mean, that doesn't sound, that sounds like a chore. <laughs> so that's not what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. So for me, it's my two kids. And then who else do I spend my most of my time with? Maybe my neighbors who are wonderful people. I mean, these days, my kids' coaches who are wonderful people. Um, but also, if I'm like, let's just say, for example, these weren't great people who are always positive, and I can't change those events in my life because my kids still need to go to practice, my neighbors still live there, and we see them every day. How could I flood myself with something more positive? Well, listen to a podcast, for goodness sakes. There's so many positive podcasts out there. Um, Find somebody who is speaking to positivity, who is always upbeat, who's looking to like the sun, not to the, you know, the dark clouds, like find somebody inspiring to you and listen to them. (laughs) And if you listen to them day in and day out, if you make it part of your routine, it's not any different than having that be your third person or your other people in your life who are Um, closest to you because you're hearing them all the time and so it infuses your soul with just good vibes it's really just like now I'm hearing that all the time I'm looking for that it's part of me I it feels normal and safe my body's used to it it's experienced it every single day from the time I, I wake up and I'm doing a morning meditation to like you know, when I go to bed at night and I'm listening to their podcast, I, this is something for me. Like I now feel inspired and like, um, not, not like I'm having to fight so hard, you know, because sometimes in my friendships I've had to fight really hard, um, not fight with the person, fight my inner battles to not join in. So like some great friends of mine, they're parents of my kiddos, Um, but when they get together, it's like a complain about the school, you know, get together. It's a, you know, complain about the sports coaches get together. It's a griping about playing time. It's a, you know, and if that's always the case and I'm always having to be the one to bring everybody to the bright side, I feel like one, they're going to get annoyed with me because I sound like I'm just trying to like, you know, infuse fuse this like rainbow into a situation that doesn't belong but also it's work it's exhausting it's like I just want to talk about some positive things what's going on in your life like and then if they come back around to like oh you know well my husband's job is still blah 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 and it's like complain again I'm constantly having to redirect myself constantly trying to redirect uh direct the conversation all that stuff eventually you're going to just outgrow your friends is what will happen if you really really do do this practice and you have negative people around you but that's not a terrible thing because once you're in your positive mindset and feeling really good and positive um, energies coming off of you you're going to be attracting that to you like wildly so all of the sudden you're going to find your circle of friends being totally different but people who you can't get enough of like you can't wait to see them because it's just fun um you know i was just talking to somebody last night and they're like i like talking to you i was like that's such a compliment to me these days because that's what I'm all about. Like, I want people to enjoy talking to me. And I don't think that I realized for a lot of years that my main conversations were usually in the complaining realm. (laughs) It's not that at all anymore. It's like fun and like, just keep it light, make jokes, enjoy each other, enjoy, you know, the things you're talking about. But 
but just to be putting down situations around you, sure, sometimes it feels good to get something yucky off your chest, but it does it ever leave you feeling better after you've griped about it? Nominally, but I can tell you, the times that I've been feeling kind of junky about something going on in my life, and then I've gone out with friends and had a laugh and a drink or a good time or a whatever, like just a fun-free night, kid-free or whatever, where we just get, you know, silly and fun. And it's like whenever I do that, I feel like those times it gets me out of the hard times better because I just laughed my way through a night. I just had so many good times with a friend. I met up somewhere, you know, that we enjoyed going together, went for a walk, did whatever. And I, I did something I enjoyed. And so I was having fun. I was with people that were fun. I didn't think about my problems and it literally led to solutions. And that's the wild part. You'll watch it unfold where all of a sudden you're like, oh, I just thought of the perfect answer. And you didn't even have to work for it. It was like easy because when you live a life of ease, your life becomes easy. <laughs> so when you're living in the struggle, you're going to find struggle. This is a perfect place to take a quick break, guys. So don't go anywhere. I'll be right back with so much more. Hey, guys. So many of you ask me all the time how you can work with me directly. And right now, the best way to be doing it is a $33 a month charge to belong to a group where we are figuring out the how-tos around grief. So <laughs> inside of that group, you will have access to a library of past posts and lives instantaneously. So it's not as though you just started paying this month and you don't get access to all the previous months, you get it all. So if you decide you only wanna be in there for one month, it only costs you $33 for all of that. Um, you can cancel anytime. Now, for those of you who love it and want to stay in, it's just $33 the next month. It's your choice. Come when you want, leave when you want, and I hope you can get tremendous value in there. I am absolutely loving that group, and this is not something that will be around as an offer forever, so I just wanted to let anybody who's been teetering on the fence about this um, know that this is something that may be going away soon, but is a wonderful way to get to work with me for a really affordable price. Um, and any questions that you have around your grief, you can pop them in there and I will always make sure to include it in either a post or a live and give as many answers as I can. So that and the support of the group itself and the members who've been through it. So guys, I will drop a link to, um, grab the ability to join that if you desire. So make sure you check in the um, description of today's episode if you want to grab that link. All right, guys, back to the show. So why is it that we often expect the worst in a situation? I mean, I can tell you that there are times, let's just go walk through this with me for a second. Like you're headed to the DMV, what do you expect? <laughs> and I think this is funny because I feel like it's been passed down. I don't know that I've ever actually had a terrible experience at the DMV other than the one time I wanted to get my, I don't even know, remember what those are called, the, you know, the upgraded ID that can be used to travel anywhere. I think they're all going to be required soon, but um, I thought I had all my paperwork, but I didn't. But other than that, like really, I've had a really carefree, easy experience at the DMV personally. You know, the one I go to is relatively quiet. It's not terrible. 
but there's like a stigma attached. There's this, you know, it's got a reputation for being a place where everybody's grumpy and it's a long wait and it's awful. And that's just been passed down, right? That's not our experience necessarily. For me, I can say with certainty it's not been my experience, but it is my expectation every time I go because it's still in my head from my mom, from my grandparents, from the TV, from the media, from wherever I've seen it, um, you know, joked about or discussed like it's going to be this exhausting experience. And, and so you carry that with you. That expectation is from past generations. It's been passed on. It's not yours. It's not your cross to bear, so to speak. It's time to let go of some of those expectations. So every time you're about to do something, think about if there's anything in your mind that's coming up as anxious or anything that's kind of not wanting to do it. And then question, is this me? Because I'll tell you, even doing my bills, it's not my favorite thing in the world. But does that even come from me? Have I actually had like a really bad experience? I've never even not been able to pay a bill before. I've always been on time. So where does that come from? I mean, I'm sure I've seen my parents maybe in my childhood like, oh, we forgot to do the bills or we got to do the bills or I've heard something said or I've seen it or like experienced it around me or like was there fear or anxiety in my family circle from generations past? Who knows how far this could have gotten passed forward for no reason, right? So it's time to do some digging. So my kids just entered back into the house, and here's a great example of this. Um, part of me worries, and part of this is my own experience. So I, when they were little, would try to podcast with them in the house, and it would turn into loud laughs and, you know, talking super loudly and noises that stressed me out basically while I was trying to record even though I had asked them to stay quiet but little kids can't stay entirely quiet I mean at that age they barely knew how to whisper so I was expecting a lot but it did paint this expectation for me that maybe they can't be around when I do it maybe I need to be worried now that they're in the house so what I did was I just immediately paused acknowledged and talked to them for a minute got everything set up so they know what I'm doing and whatever the whole thing and then and I stayed totally calm with it I wasn't worried about it and then that's it it was like over and now they're out there and I don't even hear them but even if they do pop up with noise I'm not allowing it to let me stress out I'm honestly just at the point where what difference does it make because you're still going to be able to hear me <laughs> right yes there's life in my life there is activity there are noises this is you know, real. I'm not in a studio doing this. I'm in a home studio. <laughs> and so as such, it, it has noises, everyday noises. And I embrace that now because I think one, it lends to me being a little more relatable. And I also think that if I was to just allow myself to cave to the idea that, okay, now that this is going on, now this will happen, and I go into predictability mode of, I've seen this before and this is how it ends, I will already have painted the experience of negative results. So I just roll with it and I actually, if anything, try to twist it a little and expect great things because the last time I did this, it was great and I don't remember hearing anything and, and so that's what I should expect. And I have to kind of like 
remind myself. So when I was talking earlier in the show about how I will have to sometimes just like your go-to, you know, your body wants to protect and go back to the norm. I have to remind myself the new norm is this. The new norm is quiet when I podcast because they know that and they know the alternative would have to be to go outside and play, but they want to sit quietly in the house and do a quiet activity. It's, it's better now. They're great. They know what to do. So that's what I should expect is my kids are going to do what they're supposed to do. And so in parenting, oh my goodness, how you can use this to your advantage, right? Expect your kids to be awesome because a lot of us expect the worst, you know, and it, it's like, well, they're always loud when we go there. They always get out of control. They never can sleep after we do this or if they eat that. Well, what do you think you're doing? You're literally shaping your future in a terrible light. So starting to expect different is okay. Starting to expect that, you know what? My kids are older. I, I expect they're going to be able to stay up way late and then be able to bump up in the morning with tons of energy. You know, those expectations are going to give you what you want. Uh, so question yourself, like, what do you expect? Like, maybe even make a list and go through your day and what things do I expect? I expect when I get up that I'm going to have to feed the dog. I expect that I'm going to have to da 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 whatever it is. Well, then you can look at it and go, why am I expecting that? Look, my kids are older. They might have already fed the dog before I even get out of bed. Why should I expect that that job is going to be there for me when I get up? You know, question yourself. If you're expecting things that you don't necessarily want any longer, change it up. Expect that you're going to get something better tomorrow. <laughs> what is the harm in that? And it, if you do it often enough, even in the lack of results, you might still be having to get up and feed the dog every morning. But if you expect to not have to because someone else will, eventually it'll start to happen. You just have to stay with this practice long enough to see it through and not allow doubt to creep in because here's where it gets really funky, I guess, you know, it's like we immediately will have something to the contrary happen. I expected them to feed the dog, came downstairs, they didn't feed the dog. And then what happens? You start to doubt that they're ever going to feed the dog or you question, is this practice really going to work or is this a bunch of BS? That stuff is what cancels it out from actually coming to you. The law of attraction is already bringing it to you. They're already going to start doing it. But now you've just gotten in your own way out of fear, doubt, um, questioning, uncertainty, all those things, they are the blockades now. They have now lined your future and it's from your own doing instead of just keep doing what you're doing until. And that's what I would suggest is do it until you get what your desired outcome is. And it will change. <laughs> Truly, it will. It's just that most of us have like a threshold. You know, we hit a certain point of waiting and then it's like, all right, it's not going to happen. And I've been dealing with this with my own um, like health things that I've been trying to change lately. And I wait and I expect and I wait and I expect. But now a month's gone by, then... You know, maybe it's time to change direction. Maybe it's not working. Maybe I have to do some things a little different. I'm probably, and I, I tend to think this happens often, right on the cusp. When you are right on the cusp of getting everything you desire is usually when that fear rears its head the most and makes you stop. It's like you're just about there. You've been doing it so long and it's about to be a permanent thing. And then, whoa. We get in our own way again. We're like, no, it's definitely not coming. I mean, it would have happened by now. I mean, look at this. All these examples of how it's not working. And that's what we put our focus in. Why? <laughs> right? I mean, who cares if a hundred times it didn't work, but then one time it did. 
you know, because once that one time did, now you've got evidence it's going to start happening and then everything changes. And then you might get a thousand times of it going the right way. So it's really funny that like we get so discouraged four times, five times, six times, like, oh my gosh, all right, this is not changing. That's all you're going to give it? You know, I'd give it years before I'd give up because we've been doing it one way for years and expecting it for years. I don't know why we expect the positive change to happen in a blink of an eye. You know, give it a minute because you have a lot of subconscious stuff you're working through. You got a lot of fears and doubts and whatever that are trying to creep up. So you gotta stay faithful. You gotta stay in the belief and in the expectation. It's coming and I need to just move out of the way and allow it and stop worrying about it. Like as soon as you start to worry whether it's gonna come or not, that's the biggest like halter <laughs> of, um, of getting it. So I don't think halter's a word. So there you go, guys. I had my new word of the day. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have tried to infuse this in all parts and it definitely has its beneficial stuff. But with parenting, it definitely is the most challenging place I've faced it. Because I don't want to feel like, uh, I don't want to say that I'm giving up on my kids, but when you feel like you're trying and they're not changing and you're trying and they're not changing, the go-to is to want to change what you're doing fast because it's like you feel like, oh, I'm wasting time sitting and waiting for this outcome with this method. It's obviously not the working method. I need to find a new method. You know, maybe I should go back at yelling at them, punishing them, doing this, doing that. You know, it's like we immediately think time is ticking and we have to hurry up and try something different because that didn't work. So let's hop on the next, you know, bandwagon and try to get something else to work. It is okay to slow down a little bit and give it time to work. You know, what's the rush? It is, they're growing and changing and learning and following your lead. So your stress and anxiety around something is not going to like bring you any positive results. So we need to just relax a bit <laughs> and then start to expect it's all about to change and it will. <laughs> so that's my sort of two cents on this topic. Um, I have expected my way into disaster enough times. <laughs> I am willing now to expect my way into a wonderful future. And it is happening right before my eyes. Things are changing for the positive all the time. So whether it is grief, whether it is, um, you know, just a life challenge that you're facing, I think any of it can really benefit from this method just because you know, if, if we know for a fact that what we are feeding, whatever wolf you're feeding, right? What are you putting all your energy into? What, where are you sort of, what cup are you filling up? And you recognize that it's not good. You know, you're putting a lot more energy into the, the bad stuff. I mean, what harm can go from turning that around and tipping the scale a bit to your favor of expecting better? of hoping for better. Not even hope. I hate that. I know I said this a lot, but man, it has to be faith. It can't be hope. Hope's never going to get you anywhere. Hope's better than fear and whatever, but it's still like on the spectrum. I, I just feel like, I still feel like hope is like a neutral because it's like, yes, I really want the best, but I don't know it's coming. And faith is adamant like ab absolute it's just it's happening and that is where we need to be 
Um, so expectations, belief, faith, that's it. Okay, so you have to expect the best to happen, believe it's coming, and then you have to have faith in it and not question yourself or set yourself backwards again, start back at the fin at the finish, start back at the starting line because you've just knocked yourself back with your doubts. So it might feel like it's been a long time, but it's probably because several times in trying to change, you've gone from getting really close to knocking yourself back to the start, which is fine in the way of like, with dieting, think about how people will say, like, even if you have a bad day where you screw up, just go back to it. Because it's just like that. You could either allow it to now be, oh, the whole thing didn't work and I've spiraled back out of control. Or you could just literally let it be one day and go back on track. And then, sure, you might not be exactly where you left off, but the little kickback is not so far back to the starting line. You know, it's just like a little falter. And if you hop right back on, it's a lot better than just going, see, it didn't work, oh, and right back to your negative way of thinking. That's the way I see it, um, and that's the way it's been working in my life. So I really hope that this inspires you to start, you know, make the list, see what you got, see what, I think you'd be surprised, by the way, by some of the things you might expect in your day, because they're usually subconscious, you know, like, I expect traffic in certain areas all the time for no reason. I expect, um, you know, things like, oh, like, um, I know, like when I expect struggle a lot, like things to be harder than they end up being. Like if there's something I have to do, uh, here's a great example where I'm, I'm going to be doing some work on my house and just the thought of it makes me think it's going to be a lot of work. And that comes from one I've experienced and lived through it before. It felt like a lot when I was little observing because I heard a lot of things happening that I didn't understand around me. It probably wasn't that much work. It was probably my childhood brain making sense of all the chaos around me. You know, so so again, I'm calling into question, is this a real thing or could it just be so easy? And I've been putting it off because I thought it was going to be a big deal. I mean, you could be putting off some pretty big dreams and amazing steps because you're expecting it to be a big deal. Do you have something to sell or buy? Do you have a trip you want to take? Do you have like a reno you want to do or anything like that where you've been just putting it off because it sounds really big? Um, I actually know a woman, I'm hoping she's still a listener, who had told me that she really wanted to move to Paris and... I was so proud to see her on Facebook update and say that she had done it and taken the steps um, because just like this, I think she had shelved it for a bit because it sounded like a ton of work. That sounds like a lot of work. Um, and so you couldn't easily miss out on a lifetime of amazing experiences because of the fear of how much it could be, like how much work it could be, how much time of yours it could take. None of that is healthy. None of it helps you to get to where you want to go or across the things off that old stupid bucket list, bucket list that I hate. I hate those things. They are literally your list of dying dreams. That's what a bucket list is. Because anything on there is never going to happen. Why are you putting it off till tomorrow? Don't tell me you're waiting till retirement because I'm telling you right now from the wife of a man who died at the age of 42, retirement is not promised. And I can't tell you how many people are in my Facebook group who lost their soulmates 
before retirement time, before they got to do all those travels, before they got to, you know, have all the fun they wanted to have in life. They just put it off because it would be more convenient to do later when we have more time. Well, I'll tell you right now, that's not promised either because I know people who have done that and then they get sick and then they can't travel. You know, I know people who've, you know, passed away before they got to do it, but I know people who just still have it on their list and then they're too tired when they're that age or it seems like, again, too much work later and, you know, their comfort zone is well established. Make your comfort zone wild, unpredictable, fun, filled with stuff that you just never know how it's going to turn out. And then you're going to have a great life. Then you're never going to have a list, a bucket list. Literally, you're going to kick the bucket and wish that that list had just happened. And that's heartbreaking. Uh, I don't want that for you. So I'm here to just keep inspiring you and pushing you to do the things. Uh, change your life. Make it fun. Make it expectant of big things. Make it where... You just expect the amazing to happen in your life because it always does and always will and works out to your best interest. If you can be in that mindset, you're going to be like this, what is it? Mega Millions has like a billion dollar, at the time of this recording, has like a billion dollar grand prize. It's like living that. You know, who cares? Like it is, it's, if you have a life that's full and full of adventure and fun, it's no different than winning a billion dollars. It really isn't because I wouldn't trade in any of my relationships with people and this beautiful life that I've had for the billion dollars in the bank. I wouldn't trade it in. I mean, these people are precious to me. So, you know, make your life beautiful and make it one that you would never want to exchange for any dollar. Make it one that you just feel so full with that you know you felt I had a nice full life no matter how things turn out no matter when you lose someone special to you all of that you're not going to worry about it because you're making every day count all right guys thanks for joining today and i hope that this inspires you a bit all right thanks again guys don't forget to subscribe bye